0: Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean Jacques Taylor, were two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. What up, dog? Also, the birthday boy. I meant to throw that in there. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, because although when people listen to this, it won't be your birthday anymore. But while we're recording it, it's your birthday. So <laughs> I'm the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. And this, of course, is Jam Session, the podcast version 330, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. Oh, uh, we got a lot to get into, but it is your birthday today, which is pretty cool. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you, sir. I had a... Uh... You know, it's been an interesting day. I had lunch with my son, which is good. I just sent you a picture. I don't know if you care or not, but it's always interesting when you see a kid grow up since, I guess we've known each other for about six or seven years now. yeah. And so he was, uh, he wasn't a little kid when you met him, but think about it, Doug. He was probably 12 or 13 when you met him or heard about him or first saw him somewhere. And now he's 19 and you make a big jump between, you know, 12 and 19. Yeah, I'd say he looks drastically different than the first time (laughs) I saw him. (laughs) Yeah, but he is—he uh, is one fantastic kid, and I'm not saying that because he's mine. He's—I uh, tell him all the time—I I don't just love you, dude. I, I like you. You're—you're you're a good dude. Yeah. Uh So we had a great time with the lunch at—we went to Hattie B's downtown because I've heard a lot about it. Oh about yeah, I never been there, and it was solid. Nashville uh, hot chicken. Right. My problem is I didn't get it hot enough. I got oh, it mild. Yeah. I didn't get it hot enough, so I didn't get all that spice and uh, goodness mine was pretty basic but the sides were fantastic i had some bacon grits mm. and some collard greens and those were those are good but on the way home man I, I dropped him off and on the way home i'm like this is the first time that i am fucking closer to 60 than 50. i was like oh yeah it's true you are now nah, I, I gotta be honest with y'all Turning 50 didn't bother me for whatever reason. I was like, ah, cool, 50. It's a nice round number. That's cool. The fucking 60's got a different feel to it, man. That's like we're starting the fourth quarter. (laughs) Like the 50's seems to me to be, you know, you're still early in the third quarter. Yeah. You know, you got plenty of time to come back and make it happen, do all things, score all touchdowns, get all the girls, do all that stuff. But uh, once you hit 60, it's not that you're – maybe it's the start of the fourth quarter or the end of the third quarter. But the, but the, the, the thing is that the game is winding down. And you're like, but I have so many more things to do. We might need overtime. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you'll get uh, some. Yeah, because uh, I feel great, man. I mean, I went and worked out today since I've been back in Dallas. I'm back on working out five to six days a week, so I feel really good. Um, and so I don't feel fifty-six. I sure as hell don't look 56. And uh, yeah, that's me
0: complimenting myself. If you don't cheer for yourself, who will cheer for I mean, you? You never do that, so I'm glad you are. <laughs> But uh, things are good, man. So I'm, I'm feeling good. That's awesome. It's funny because, you know, hearing you say that, I was telling you one of the guys that, that helps out on my show, his birthday is also today. And he, I think he's turning 26, if I recall. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because we, he was bringing up, we, we had this segment the other day, where we were talking about life expectancy for people in Alabama and whatnot. And there are counties in Alabama where the life expectancy is less than 70 and I thought, I was like, man, that is so young. He goes, well, you know, I mean, what do you expect you get to? About 74, 75? I was like, what? no, no way. That I was like, no. He's like, that seems like so far away. I was like, oh, I'm sure it does. I was like, but I bet when you're starting to be, you know, 60, 65, I bet 75 doesn't seem far away at all.
1: Nah, bruh, It doesn't. And, uh, you know, thankfully my dad's in really good shape. Yeah uh works out two or three times a week still and so i use him as a guide because he's you know you know one thing he's told me for years man he's like i don't know how how long i have on earth or how long i'm gonna be here i just want the time i have to be quality and so that's why you work out and that's why you you eat right doesn't guarantee that you're gonna live a long life or that you won't get some disease or something it just improves the odds that the time that you're here you'll be able to do what you want to do and live the life you want to live. And, you know, it took me till I was about eh, 30 for that to really sink in. But uh, now that it has, man, I've been on this healthy lifestyle for the most part, you know, for 25 years or so. It's just kind of what I do. And so uh, I'm thankful for it and I I feel great. Just got through trying on some birthday clothes. Oh, very nice. (laughs)
0: Dude looks sexy. Yeah, you do. That's what we (laughs) like to (laughs) hear. Well, good, man. So we got to get into some Cowboys conversation. And of course, before we do that, it's greening law is who you need to call. If you do happen to have one of those random accidents, you get hurt in a car accident, you're injured on the premises of a business. A lot of you that listen are well aware that I'm one of their clients and I've been working with them for a year and a half. And man, am I glad that I am because my case has some interesting caveats to it i guess you would say and i would have no idea how to navigate that i would have no idea what to do if i didn't have somebody like robert greening and his team looking out for me the consultation is absolutely free and i'm telling you man these guys go to bat for you against the insurance companies
1: dude the um the reason why why uh, we say that that matt's to follow matt's lead is listen to how he talks about it man listen to all the stuff he says about greening law and what they do for him and how they've helped him on this journey, and I, I've told y'all myself that if you're going to go through a process that can be tedious, it can be complicated, that can really be intimidating, what you want is somebody to lead you through it, somebody to hold your hand, somebody to tell you where the pitfalls are, so that you get peace of mind, so that, as Matt will tell you, you can focus on getting better. That's what Greening Law does.
0: It's easy. It's free. Call them. The call's free. It's 972-934-8900, and again, they don't get paid unless you get compensated, so give them a call. You think you got a case? Maybe you do. 972 934 8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices Dallas, Texas. All right. So we get into this Cowboys conversation. And as everybody knows, the season finale coming up this week, we're the regular season finale. If the Cowboys win, they finish 13 and 4. They would tie the franchise record for wins in a season with 13. Now, granted, obviously, the other three times were in a 16 game season, but 13 and 4. There's a lot that's still on the line here, man. We kind of mentioned this the other day. If the Giants beat Philadelphia and the Cardinals beat the 49ers and the Cowboys win, they're the one seed. If the Giants beat Philadelphia and the Niners win and the Cowboys win, they're the two seed. If everybody wins, they're the five seed and they would go on the road for a wild card game coming up next weekend on Martin Luther King weekend. Who knows what's going to happen? I have a hard time believing they lose this game because Washington is starting Sam Howell, at quarterback who's making his NFL debut on Sunday against the Cowboys defense. Some of you may know that name. He was a fifth round pick out of North Carolina, had a solid senior year. He was one of those guys that got a lot of hype coming into the 2021 football season as a senior or junior, or whatever he was there at North Carolina. And he was one of those, you know, kind of like Spencer Rattler, like preseason Heisman favorite and all that. Right. And just kind of fell off and North Carolina fell off. And he went from being a potential first or second round pick to being a fifth round pick. And he hadn't played this year. I mean, he has not thrown a pass in the NFL. And Washington's rolling him out there against Micah Parsons in this Cowboys defense.
1: Yeah, they're doing that because uh, number one, Carson Wentz, is who we thought he was, and it was stupid to start him last week. And then uh, the other thing is if he gets hurt, then you got an injury settlement situation. And then I think with Taylor Heineke, they're like, okay, we pretty much know what he is. This is the last game of the year. Let's just see what the young guy has so we know whether he's a backup or whether we need to get a quarterback to beat the backup next year. Let's just, let's just throw him out there and see, see what happens.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be I have a I just have a hard time believing unless and, and you never know because there's no film on Sam Howell, obviously. And sometimes, you know, we've seen it with Brock Purdy. We've seen it with Cooper Rush. I mean, go through the backups that just walk onto the field and in the first start, steal one because the team has no idea what the guy can do. But I, I just don't know that this offense with this guy is the offense that does that to this Cowboys team, especially in the situation in which they're in. Where they won't know when they take the field what their situation and what their standing is in the, in the NFC
1: no because they're playing at the same time right so um, no so I, I mean I think they, I mean their attitude will be let's go let's go win it which is what it should be uh, given the circumstance uh, they want to go into playoffs with a little bit of momentum I don't know that they got it let me rephrase that. They didn't get it by beating Tennessee. No. And so, you know, if you can beat Washington, if, they, if their starters played the full game and you beat Washington the way you should beat,
0: then, um, you know, they should, uh, they should be able to get it done. I would think so. And, and, and that's, you know, one thing that the NFL did that I do like is the fact that, like you mentioned, all those games, the Giants-Eagles, the Cards and the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Commanders all kick at 325. So nobody you, you got to play your guys because anything can happen at this point And nobody knows going into that game on Sunday for any of the teams the Niners and the Eagles also will not know what their playoff seed is going to be. So you know that they're going to go out there and, you know, all three of these teams are trying to win. Now, San Francisco probably has it the easiest. They're at home. They're a 14 point favorite. Of course, I say that the Eagles are at home. They're a 14 point favorite. Cowboys are on the road, but all you can do is is handle what your business is. And their business is trying to knock off the commanders to get to 13 and four, see what happens, and it, you know, look, there's a lot on the line here. If Tony Pollard runs for 12 yards, he has a thousand-yard rushing season. So there's still some personal things that can be accomplished, and and team things as well. I have a hard time believing that either the 49ers or the Eagles lose. But Jalen Hurts hasn't played in a couple of games. Maybe he's a little rusty. Anything can happen. Who knows? Well, I think the the interesting thing is
1: he's still limited in practice, so he can't, for you know, he can't go through a full practice, and that I don't know how much that means, but it means something. Uh, because we're three weeks out from the injury and he still can't go through a full practice, um, I don't have any doubt that if they had won last week and they'd already clinched it, that he wouldn't be playing. Right. Um, so I think uh, that tells you a little bit about their mentality. They're a little skittish right now. They're like, yeah, Gardner Minshew's okay, but you know we gotta we gotta win. So. If he's, uh, if he's close, 75 80%, then we're going to ride with him for no other reason than it gives our team a lot more confidence when he's on the field. Um, the other thing, though, is they do run the risk of you can aggravate that thing if you're not right and you yeah. get out there. Uh, but by the same token, I don't know if you want your quarterback making his first start in five weeks in their first playoff game because if it takes him a quarter and a half to find his rhythm, in the playoffs, you can find yourself down 14-3, 17-6. Right. By the time that, that, that rhythm is found and you be fighting an uphill battle. So they're kind of hosed in a lot of ways, but they're a good team. And so, um, you know, I expect them to win. Uh, but if the Giants play their starters for whatever reason, like who was that when the Cowboys a few years ago? They're like, nah, we're playing our starters. We, You know, uh, I can't remember who the coach was.
0: For the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, maybe it was Garrett. Surely it would have, it yeah, would have been I Garrett. I guess it had to have been Garrett. But it was a game where they didn't – it already clinched a thing, but they were like, no, we're going to play our starters. And I think they went and, and destroyed Washington and some other stuff. But, you know, the point being, if the Giants are like, you know, we're so
0: new to this, I don't know that we need to sit our guys. Yeah. Or all of them,
1: then they could be interesting.
0: It could be interesting. I mean, it remains to be seen, like I said. We'll find out how that's going to go. But – you just got to hope and you want to win but again most likely cowboys win and it doesn't matter and they go to tampa next week for the wild card game to take on the nfc south division champions and you know that's what's so wild is you could have a 13 and 4 team tampa plays atlanta surely they win but if they don't tampa would finish with a losing record at eight and nine if they lose to atlanta they're on the road in atlanta i mean so who knows how this is going to turn out it's weird all in all it's this is a Washington team that you know even if they're giving it their all and trying to do what they can they suck they have lost their last three games the game before that they tied and it was weird because this is a Washington team that started one and four and then won six out of seven to get to seven and five and is oh three and one in their last four games and in those four games you know you got to go all the way back to the Sunday before Thanksgiving the last time they scored more than 20 points. Their last five games, 19, 20, 12, 20, 10. Wow. And this is a team, I mean, look, we've played 16 games. Only three times this year have they scored more than 23 points. This offense is not good. And and that's to me with what the Cowboys are able to do, and we can talk trash, and, and you guys that just don't like Dak and think that this team sucks for whatever reason, fine. But this is a Cowboys offense that, I mean, if you just go out and you say, hey, you guys just play to your average and you don't have to do anything crazy. I mean, people don't seem to realize this. This is still the number two scoring offense in the NFL. They're averaging 29 points a game. If they score 28 points, Washington's not beating them. No, nah, you wouldn't think so. I mean, Washington, it, this, their season high in a game this year for Washington was 32. They did that against Philadelphia. 28 27 those are the only three games they've scored more than 23 points if, if dallas gets to 28 they win this game and it doesn't even matter what washington does that being said i just i mean i just don't see washington knows they're not going to the playoffs they know oh, the yeah, season they... is over they've got a dude who's never taken a, thrown a pass in the nfl's their starting quarterback
1: yeah it's uh if the cowboys show up and play they should they should win this going away and cooper rush should be in there midway
0: through the third quarter You know, you you look at the guys that they've had on their roster. I I just, Jonathan Allen hadn't practiced this week. Uh, Norwell hasn't practiced. Brian Robinson Jr. hasn't practiced. I mean, they've got a slew of dudes who have have DNPs all week long. I, I just don't know that Washington's going out here with any mental sense of trying to win this game. And, you know, I kind of figure that this is a game I would not be surprised if we get to see Cooper Rush because once you get to a point in this game where you know you've got it and say it's 28 to 10 or whatever it is in the fourth quarter that you just get those guys off the field and we'll see you next weekend.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know or the or the same is true. Um, I think anyway, you know you look over there and the Eagles
0: are, are up 28 to 3 in the second quarter. you're like,
1: right, well, this thing's pretty much decided. Let's uh, let let's get our guys up.
0: Yeah, it could be I didn't think about that because if, if you're looking at the scoreboard and you see both those teams and you don't have a chance at it, then what's the point? but man you look I mean how weird is that Washington has scored more than 23 points three times this year the Cowboys have scored more than 23 points in all but five games so yeah I mean this I I think this is going to be a throttling assuming that the Eagles are in a close game and and that like what you're talking about doesn't happen where they're like okay get these guys off the field let's save them then maybe Washington scores a couple of times but I mean this this to me is like a 28 to 10 Cowboys victory
1: uh, I mean, I could kind of see that. I think uh, I just never know, man, in these kinds of games. I, I think you're right that their offensive prowess will just make it hard for them to keep, especially if they're focused and ready to play. Um, and so I, I kind of see it more of a, uh, I don't think, I don't know, man. I've, I've kind of vacillated a little bit back and forth on this game. But I see it more of a, uh, a 24-7 Dallas win
0: okay yeah i mean it, that's right in that same range where it's just a it, I, I have a feeling this might be a very boring game because i think the cowboys are going to come out want to put this thing away quickly and i don't know that washington's going to care to offer a lot of resistance
1: right it's uh, like i said i think it's the kind where you, you show up and play and let them know yo we're trying to win this thing and they'll be like oh all right cool no worries yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at with it and then uh-huh. you know Sam Howe will be playing hard because it's his opportunity. Oh, no doubt. But I, don't, I don't know if any of them cats around him will be like, nah, bro, I'm not, I'm not really breaking my neck. Now, I got to ask you this. How important is eight is
0: 500 to him? I don't know because a win in there. Yeah, they get eight, eight and one, man. Yeah. And maybe to your point, maybe there is something to that. But, you know, it, it's interesting because and I don't know if this will happen. But like I said, you know, Pollard is 12 yards away from a thousand. You got to think he'll get that. Zeke obviously is not getting to 1,000. He's 144 shy. CeeDee Lamb is nine catches short of Michael Irvin's club record for most catches in a single season of 111. He has 102. He's not going to get to the 1603 that Irvin had that year for yardage. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb, I don't think people realize this. CeeDee Lamb, if he goes out and has 10 catches for 100 yards, he would finish with the most catches ever by a cowboy in the second most yards of all time. Or I guess the third most yards of all time behind Irvin. Because Irvin, Irvin has the only two seasons in Cowboys history over 1,400 yards receiving. And CeeDee Lamb is 93 yards shy of 1,400 yards. But again, 17th game. Nah, I'm just messing around. He's, he's, uh, he's had a
1: phenomenal year, man. Uh, I had a lot of questions about him early. And uh, I think they were well-deserved. So I'm not saying I shouldn't have had questions about him. But um, he's answered them, and the thing, I, the thing that's impressive is I cracked this beer. Okay, it's a refreshing sparkling water. Of course, it is, was. Um, is that you can see the improvement, man, that he's made during the season. Uh, he's pretty much eliminated the drops. Every receiver drops a ball here and there, but he's eliminated the drops that plagued him a little bit early. You can tell his route running is is uh, is has gotten even better uh, with the separation he's creating, and then you can tell. He, Dak, and Kellen Moore, the three of them, in a real good rhythm with uh, play selection because they're using them in a slot quite a bit, and he's just killing
0: folks out of there because you can't put your hands on him and touch him. Yeah, he's had a beast of a season. So you've got, you know, just some other things that are outside of a game that may or may not mean anything when it's all said and done. You know, Micah is sitting on 13 sacks. He's four and a half behind Boza for the lead. He's tied for fifth in the NFL. Does Micah Parsons get another couple of sacks and wind up with 15? And and, and who knows? So we'll see how it plays out. And and to that point, how about Dorrance Armstrong, who has eight sacks? He's two sacks shy of a double digit sack season for himself. So just some of those other little things for personal accomplishments that are always kinda of cool to see guys see guys get when the team accomplishment either can't happen or does happen. If that makes no, sense. It's uh so.
1: no that's it, cool. It's always good to see guys take some records down or have their personal accomplishments, especially in a season where you might just end up with thirteen dubs. I mean that's a hell of a year, bro. It's hard to win in the league. And I, I was looking this up um uh getting ready for our conversation with chill and you know because he's turned into fanboy lately so i like to at least challenge him sometimes there you go but i didn't realize that um and you can say what you want to but the bottom line is going into the last week of the season the cowboys have scored more points than philly which my, most of you probably would have realized yeah they've given up fewer points than philly which mm-hmm. i didn't realize They've also um, got 145-point differential, which is second only to San Francisco at uh, 148. Yep. I give San Francisco I think San Francisco' is the best team um, because of this. Their defense has only given up 264 points. And well, yes, they got Brock Purdy playing quarterback. Under Kyle Shanahan, they've pretty much proved they can run the ball on anybody. And so if you can play defense and you can run the ball. That takes
0: pressure off your seventh-round pick quarterback and puts you in a position to win games. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the reality of it is, at the end of the day, you want to score and you want to keep teams from scoring. However, it's done, and this is fair. The Cowboys are number two in the entire NFL in scoring offense, and they're sixth in the entire scoring offense. It's sixth in the NFL in scoring defense. So they don't give up a ton of points, and they score more than pretty much everybody else. And when you do that, guess what? You win. Which check this out, bro. Yes.
1: (laughs) Why has 12-4 and Minnesota been outscored by 19 points?
0: (laughs) Minnesota is, to me, what I think people think the Cowboys are. Okay. If that makes sense. Where Minnesota is a team, to me, that I could see as the the actual one and done, and part of the reason why they've been outscored by that is because the Cowboys outscored them by 37 points in one of their losses.
1: Right, and then uh, uh, your boys, I mean
0: Philadelphia, beat them by 17. Yeah, and Green Bay beat them last week, 41 to 17. So right. when when you have games like that, and then you look at their wins, here's a four point win, a three point win, a seven, eight, eight, three seven five three three those are their wins they'll be uh seven and nine next year so that i mean that is a team that somehow has skated by has not really manhandled anybody but has gotten their ass kicked i mean as you mentioned in their four their four losses lost to philly by 17 lost to dallas by 37 lost to the lions by 11 lost to the packers by 24 so when they lose they get their ass kicked when they win they barely win <laughs> yep that to me does not seem to have the makings of a team that lasts very long as a matter of fact i mean we'll have to see i don't know who the, they'll, they'll be the the i'm mean, their division winner so they get a home playoff game in the wild card round trying to see who they would play if we go like that let's let's just so they're the three seeds so they would play the six who would be what giants they get the giants yeah see and that's the thing is like i can see them beating the giants but you never
1: know no you don't man i mean you still gotta you just gotta play man and see what happens but
0: we know somebody will probably be upset week one and they're prime candidate yes they are they are indeed a very prime candidate so as we move forward here on the jam session podcast i hope that you guys have had a chance to order your bruise Bill tong we were talking about this the other day a lot of people you say okay my new year's resolution i'm gonna start eating healthy Well, what does that mean? It it, it means that you wanna choose healthier options, but we all get healthy. Even people like me and Jacques that tend to eat very healthy. I get hungry throughout the day and I'll have a snack. Oh, what are you gonna snack on? Brews Biltong. If you like beef jerky, Biltong is very similar to beef jerky, but it's better. It's more tender. It's more savory. It doesn't, you're not gonna break your jaw chewing on it. And the thing I love about it is, it's filling, but it's a very healthy lean snack. Because Bruce Biltong has no artificial ingredients. There's no sugar. It's extremely high in protein. As a matter of fact, you can get their two-ounce snack bags, 240 calories, and 30 grams of protein. That is what I am telling you is a wonderfully perfect healthy snack.
1: Dude, does it get any better than that, bro? Nope. I mean, I think it's it's really all about, when you think about it, it's about, can you put something in your body that's not going to uh, convert the sugar and add some weight to you or some calories to you or some bad stuff to you? And you look at Bruce Biltong, it ain't doing none of that, man. It's uh, 240 calories and two-ounce pouch. Thirty grams of protein, fantastic. No sugar, no additives, no preservatives, none of that junk, man. It's all good, straight to the muscles, baby. Uh, I like it. It's called butt strips, and doesn't matter. Yes, butt strips, because that's where they get it from, and then they cut it into strips. Ah, oh, it's delicious. And what man doesn't like butt strips? Um, but you know, the other thing, bro, is that uh, you can get the slab, where you can kind of cut it how you want it, thin, yeah. thick, slice it, or you can get that slice built tongue, man. You just throw it in your mouth and the- you.
0: That was delicious. Mm, Make it happen. It's brewsbiltong.com. He continues to be the only podcast that he works with is us because you guys are supporting him, which supports us, which is fantastic. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. It's brewsbiltong.com. And remember, use that promo code JAM15 at checkout, J-A-M-1-5, and you get 15% off your order. Also, of course, as always, brought to you by Freeway Tire Shop. As Jacques can tell you, I mean, Jr. and his crew, you want professional service. You want guy you can trust that does it right. We found him for you. It's Freeway Tire Shop.
1: Nah, man, J.R. is great uh, because you can trust him. Uh, he fixed my power st- steering pump last week, which for some reason exploded. Uh, but the thing I like about him, man, and the reason I, I take all my cars to him is, one, you can trust him to diagnose what the hell is wrong with it. Yeah, you can, you can get the codes, but the codes aren't always right. You need somebody to actually diagnose it and figure out what the heck is wrong with it. You can trust him to do that. You can trust him to use quality parts to fix your car. Then, bro, and I appreciate this, you can trust him to charge you a fair price. Yes, it costs to work on cars. But, yes, he'll charge you a fair price. And then, finally, man, you can trust him to stand behind his work. If you can find another mechanic who does all four of those things and you trust him like that, like you trust your doctor, then ride with him. If not... Go to JR, man. He's five minutes from downtown, right up 35 North. Get off at Commonwealth. Stay on the service road right through the light. It's on the right. You cannot miss it. The customer service is elite. And, uh,
0: you know, I got a lot of cars, brother. And we spend a lot of money getting them fixed with JR. And you can make it happen. You can schedule an appointment, request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. So let's take a trip around the block. We got a few things to get into here. First off is... Have you ever seen the television show, the second season is about to debut, it came out like a year and a half ago, season one, it's called Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, no, can't say that I have. Man, I will tell you, so it is on Paramount Plus, and Paramount Plus, so they got me, and they, they did a good job at this. So <laughs> I got an email where it said, if you've never been a subscriber of Paramount Plus, you could sign up for the first season, or for a year, For 50% off. And so I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. So the breakdown, I got Paramount Plus for like $3.75 a month. Wow. So I was like, okay, for that, because I wanted to see Mayor of Kingstown. All the Yellowstone stuff is on there. Tulsa King is on there. And they have a few other things that they do throughout the year. Of stuff that I wanted to check out. So Mayor of Kingstown is a show created by Taylor Sheridan, who is the guy who created Yellowstone. Okay. Who's also behind 1883 and 1923. And I didn't realize this because I I was like, man, this dude is putting out some really good shit. So uh, he's the dude. Did you ever see Sicario with Benicio Del Toro? Oh, yeah. Just watched it a couple weeks ago. Okay, he wrote Sicario and he also wrote Hell or High Water, that movie with Chris Pine in it, that was nominated for Best Picture a few years ago and was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. And I didn't realize that. I was like, "Okay, so this dude's legit. And then, of course, I enjoy Yellowstone. I'll tell you this. I think you'd really like Mayor of Kingstown. It is, it's set in a fictional town called Kingstown, Michigan, that is based on the other co-creator's hometown, where he grew up in like around Ontario, Canada, somewhere. And the whole premise is there's seven prisons within a 10 mile radius. So the entire town, basically, if you don't live in the town, you work at the prison And I think they tell you like there's 20,000 inmates in this town and 40,000 people that work at the prisons that live here. And so it's one of those things. So they call him the mayor because he's not the real mayor, but he is like the go between between the gangs and the guys outside and the people that the police and the prisons and all this to where, okay, how do we keep the peace in town between all these different factions and all the people in these prison gangs and whatnot that also have people running stuff outside the prison walls And so he's the mayor because he'll go like, he'll hang out with the leader of the Crips in in his front yard and be like, okay, what do you need? What, what, like, please don't do this. Like, don't go after this dude. What, what do you need? He goes, all right, man. (laughs) He's like, if you can make this to this and this happen, I'll call it off. He's like, all right, give me an hour. And so he'll go back to like some prison guard. He'd be like, look, I need you to move this guy to this block and do this. And he goes, okay, what am I, you know, it's that type. It's a, it's a weird, I don't even know how to, but my God, it's intense. I mean it, you see you want to know what real the real world it reminds me a lot of the wire if the wire was even more like raw Dude, than it actually was more raw than it was, wow, because I don't they know show if I can handle that see and that's i mean maybe maybe raw's the wrong word, but I mean they show stuff that you you probably kind of figure goes on in that world, and they just show it, and you're like, my God, like stuff that happens in the people they go after and I know you like shows where people you don't think are going to get killed, get killed. This show is that. (laughs) I mean, right off in the first episode, I I was just blown away. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it's, yeah, it's happened a couple. I mean, I'm telling you, it's extremely graphic. There's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of graphic violence and if like if you and I'm not exaggerating when I say that and if if you are not of that nature you do not need to watch this show because it'll mess you up because they they show what happens in prison and they do not hide it I mean there's a lot there's male nudity in this there's female full frontal nudity there's murdering there's people getting shot in the head I mean it is it's graphic wow but man it's well written I really enjoy it so how many, how many episodes in the first uh, season? There's 10 episodes in season one and we have the final two episodes tonight and then season two debuts coming up on January 15th. Oh, okay. So it's coming in a hurry. Yeah. So that's how come, cause I, I remember seeing the preview for it cause Kyler Chandler who played coach Taylor on Friday night lights and Jeremy Renner is like the main guy. And so you'll, you'll recognize like several of the people in it, but Jeremy Renner is like mainly the, the main dude. And so, like, Diane Vista's in it, and, you know, she's an Academy Award-winning actress. I mean, it has got a really good cast, but it is really well-written. And, you know, Jeremy Renner was in a serious accident this weekend. He was, that's right. He got ran over by a snowplow he was operating or some crap.
1: His own snowplow trying to help a neighbor or his family member get out of the snow. But anyway, uh, that's—so hopefully he uh, can—I mean, I guess they've already shot it. Yeah, they already shot it. It's coming
0: out. So good. Maybe he'll be around for season three. I hope so, man. And— you know, it's interesting because Taylor Sheridan, once I dug into him a little bit, so after we finish Mayor of Kingstown, we're gonna start Tulsa King, which is another Sliced Alone? Taylor- yeah, Sliced Alone is in that. And Tulsa King, the whole premise is this dude who used to be like the head of a like a a mafia family. He was a mafia capo or capo, however you say that. Capo, yeah. I think is what they Bad say. Badass. Yeah, so he went to prison for 25 years, never said anything. And so the, the guy who takes over as boss of the family sends him to Tulsa, Oklahoma to see what's going on out there and see if they can set up some mob action out there. And at first I saw this as like, I don't know, but then I saw, okay, it looks intriguing. And now that, so Taylor Sheridan co-created it with Terrence Winter. And for those that don't know who Terrence Winter is, he was a writer on The Sopranos for five seasons, and he's the guy who created Boardwalk Empire. Oh, okay. So I'm like, all right, if these two dudes are behind it, it's got to be kind of good. I, at, at worst, it's got to be kind of good. Right, it's got to be watchable. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about pretty much all the other stuff these guys have, have been behind, I've been a big fan of. So we're going to check out Tulsa King. And I didn't... I'm like, Paramount Plus is starting to put out some good stuff, man. I mean... I also want to see they did that George and Tammy miniseries about uh, or excuse I, yeah it's man who is it George Jones and what's her face T- Tammy Wynette right 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 and that kind of looks intriguing to me because Michael Shannon plays George Jones and Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Wynette so I was like all right this I bet this is going to be pretty solid. <laughs> but that's just a, a limited series that I think had like nine episodes, eight episodes or something, and that's a Paramount Plus thing.
1: Damn, Paramount Plus, seemed like they got it going on.
0: Yeah, man, they're putting out some content, so that's how come, like I wanted to watch these shows, but I never wanted to, I didn't want to add another whatever, you know, $9.99 yeah. a month for a streaming service, but I saw that email and it said half off, but they gave you an even bigger discount if you bought it for like one year all at once, and I was like, well. right all right i'm in for that i can't like what a deal so those are some shows i've been watching recently that are i mean mayor of kingstown man holy hell no that's interesting to me i mean there i mean my it is it is graphic gritty raw it is intense it takes a while i think to get the hang of the concept because it's just i've never seen anything like that before you know, where this it's just like this one guy and his family that helped keep the peace between the gangs and <laughs> the authorities, essentially. Right. Right. But it's, mean, it, it, you uh, know. somebody everybody's got to have a fixer in town. Yeah, I guess that it is kind of like that. It is. It, that's a good way to put it. They're fixers where they're they're kind of they 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 don't break the law, but they sure as hell bend it. Hey, but we got to bend it to keep the peace. Right, exactly. And that's the whole thing is, okay, we can have all this gang violence and stuff on the streets, or we can try our best to keep it in the prisons and help them facilitate all this stuff without it harming everybody else. And they all yes, trust yeah. these guys. I mean, it's nuts. Like, you know, it's been like, it's a family thing and they're the second generation doing it. And so all these gang leaders and whatnot, I mean, they, you know, he'll go, like I said, he's like boys with the leader of the Crips, and then he goes, you know, 30 minutes later, he's hanging out with the leader of the, the Nazi people or the, the white, the Aryan guys or whatever. And then he goes over to the MS-13 or whatever that gang is. And, you know, it's just trying to, okay, well, they're going to do this and do this. Is it cool? We'll do this for you. And I mean, it's wild, man. Dude, Dude unbelievable. It's dark, it's dark, so be ready for that. So the other thing to bring up, and I thought this was interesting because apparently you've, you've been getting irritated with some gym people.
1: Bro. <laughs> uh, you know, matter of fact, I've I've checked a couple people nicely, but what what is it? It's it's New Year's resolution time, and so the gym that I go to in downtown
0: Dallas. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. You're right.
1: Yeah, has been. You know, and I go there. I usually get there at about five fifteen or so. Five twenty. We usually start working out me and my two buddies somewhere around five forty five, or so. Well, normally, there's not a lot of people in there. Well, obviously, it's crowded Uh, right now because a lot of people have either didn't come at once the holiday started in, you know, November. They just kind of faded away. "Ah, I'll come back at the first of the year. Mm -hmm. Or you've got people who decided, man, I'm out of shape. I got to get in track first of the year. I'm going to do it in January, blah, blah, blah. So the gym is crowded in the morning, much more than it's been. I'm so fucking sick of these people complaining. Oh, it's so crowded in here, man. I can't do anything. And so, there's a woman who I was talking to this morning. And she was next to me. I, I talked to her. She doesn't even live in Dallas. She lives in Florida. And she comes in for business, you know, once every two or three months. Uh, but anyway, she was like, man, look at all these people in here this morning. I'd be glad at that. I said, you know, I used to be one of those people. <laughs> mm. She said, she said, what? I said, I was a person who showed up after New Year's. Hey, let me get in shape. I said, so why don't you I said, just chill out? A month from now, a few will stay and most will leave. And the gym, as you know it, will return. Until then, why don't you encourage some fat people to lose some weight? <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a good way of handling that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's just, I mean, it's just entitlement, man. Everybody, you know. And I, I have been like that in the past. I've kind of changed over the years. Like, I find myself... Uh, and it's all part of me trying to be, just in general, just a better person. Not that I was a bad person. I'm just trying to be better. Like, uh, I was uh, I was frustrated. I don't know. Frustrated is not the right. I was talking to myself about this one dude. I could say older, but here I am at 56. But he looks like he's early 60s. Uh, out of shape at the gym. And I was like, he's, sitting on this, he's been sitting on this one lat machine for like 30 minutes. Uh, he need to get his ass up so I can use that. Uh, but then the more I thought, I was like, you know what? His victory might just be coming in here today and sitting on his machine and doing however many sets he did. It took him half an hour because that's his version of victory today. I yep. got my ass out of the bed. I put on some clothes. I got in the car. I went to the gym. I did whatever I could do. And then I went home. And for me, that's a victory. And so that's when I stopped being an asshole, even to my even in my own thoughts about, Uh, You know people in the gym man because I was telling my other friend who was complaining, but I said hey dog check this out If you don't have a workout partner and you're not a person who's been in the gym Do you know how intimidating it is to come into a gym? Yeah, and start trying to figure out how to use equipment or or use equipment or feel like you know Your bulges are showing because you got gyms. I mean, it's just an intimidating place And you see all these muscle-bound people and these other beautiful women and you're just like wow Yeah, I mean so just to show up, man, you get some credit um, because you're trying to do something, and so people should stop being assholes about it and celebrate anybody who's trying to make a change. You know, whatever, wherever they are in their journey.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's now, very, very. I'm true. off my soapbox now. No, but you're exactly right, and I, I think that that's why it is so very difficult for a lot of people to take that first step into the gym. You know, a lot of people they don't even know what to do. It, it's not only are they intimidated by the people they see and all that, they don't know how to sit down at some of the machines and use them. And they're afraid that people will look at them and make fun of them or whatever if they do it incorrectly. Yeah. You know, there's that. And there's, there's people that go in and, and they, they literally do not know what to do to help themselves. They go, okay, well, I, I, I treadmill I run on. Well, what else am I supposed to do that would be beneficial to me? You know, am I supposed to do? How do I work out my biceps? How do I work out my legs correct? Like, there's a lot of people just don't even know where to start. Like, the very first thing of, okay, we'll do these five exercises or whatnot.
1: No, exactly. So, you know, I had, like I said, when I first started working out, bro, I could do a half a push up. I didn't say one push up, I said a half a push up. I got started on the floor, got halfway up, and collapsed. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I respect anybody who
0: shows up. I agree. And I think especially this time of the year, you know, it, it, that's what's so interesting is if you're somebody that goes to the gym regularly, you get this every year for the, about the first four or six weeks of the year, people are, are they're, they're with it, they're with it, they're with it. And then by the time you get to March, it starts to go back to what it was before. Yeah. So just exactly. stick with it. And and another thing is like, if you're one of those people that have just like, this is the year you're going to the gym. Like Jacques is kind of talking about, you, you don't have to go from doing a half push-up to doing 10 push-ups by the end of next week or you're going to quit. You know, right. the, the goal has to just be, like, I, I wouldn't even look at it a, a week later. I mean, to me, like, like, set a goal, okay, well, at the end of this month, I want to be here and just go there and then reevaluate yourself. Because I think a lot of people, they look at it and they go, well, you know, I came two days last week and I can't even tell a difference. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it takes... Time, A lot of time. I mean, it, it takes l- at least four weeks to of consistently doing something, you know, before you can really look at it and have any idea of what you're doing. So just don't give up. Keep going.
1: Well, you know, man, my, my boy told me early on in the process uh, many, many, many years ago, you didn't gain all that weight in a week. I don't know why you think you're supposed to lose it all in a week. It's <laughs> like, well, fuck you. But yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's very true, man. <laughs> And if you, you know, a lot of times you can just keep that approach, man.
0: Just understand it's a journey, bro. Yeah. And hang in there and do your best. You can awesome. do it. I believe in you. Hell I, yeah. I also believe in HFX Foundation Repair. And I know that they can do it. They've been working with us for a while now. And I'll tell you guys, as we embark on 2023, if the damage in 2022, if you started to notice those things, the cracks in your walls and your ceilings doors that are sticking now that weren't before that's your home saying hey man you might have a problem here you need to give them a call Aaron and his crew over there it's a free no obligation inspection they'll come on out and they'll see do you have a problem I don't know maybe you do maybe you don't but the earlier you catch stuff with your foundation you are talking about saving thousands of dollars in damages when you catch these foundation and drainage issues early in the process bro we call it a colonoscopy for your crib
1: but pick up the phone and give aaron and his people a call and let his team come out and check your house out and we call it a colonoscopy because you know you get one for your bodies for peace of mind man everything's good internally it's all working great same thing for your house man a lot of stuff happens you can't see until it's too late well they come out and check it out and give you a report and i, I promise you if, if they find something early it's better to catch something early and whatever you pay is a fraction of what you pay if they catch it late it's just that's how it works uh, so pick up the phone, give them a call, and let Aaron and then
0: give you the peace of mind that you deserve as we head into the new year. 817-770-0174. 817-770-0174. Or find out more information, check them out online. It's hfxfoundation.com. Also, of course, our guys over there at Smokey John's Barbecue, man. Nobody is doing it on the level of Smokey John's. And I say that in a sense and we've talked about this before not only do they offer the jam session bowl which you can't get anywhere else on the planet it's only available at smoky john's and only available for jam session podcast listeners but the reality of it is you can go in there and whatever you decide to order even if it's not the jam session bowl is good whether you're a brisket guy or a rib guy or a sausage guy what what have you man like across the board they just do it all right which i love about that place
1: you can't go wrong with anything on the menu And anything off the menu that you've just heard about <laughs> But the thing about Smokey John's Man is um, As Matt told you it's all good It's southern cooking it's all fantastic It's consistent doesn't matter what time of day Doesn't matter what time of the year that you go It's always the same thing Wine and Brent do a fantastic job over there And they're so big I mean they're on TV all the time uh, They're on local news all the time Because they're, they're just that good They win awards all the time and uh, bro, now you can use it all the time Because they're out there They're saucing their rubs in the store at Frisco H-E-B And, and uh, you can also order it online If you go to their website, SmokeyJohns.com Click on the market And you can have a little taste of Texas in your crib in Just a couple of days
0: Yeah, wherever you are, man So hey, plan a group I know this is one thing Everybody does this Especially if you are in that area of Mockingbird In between 35 and Love Everybody, hey, where are we going to eat lunch today? If you're out and about Bring a group over there and introduce them. Say, all right, so I listen to this podcast. We're getting this and it'll blow them away with the jam session bowl. It's Smokey John's Barbecue. Eat it. Love it. Smokey John's, man. Those guys are awesome. So before we get the chill, I wanted to throw out a couple of things here. The Texas Longhorns today have fired Chris Beard, who they just signed in 2021 to a seven year, $35 million contract. Of course, they pulled Beard over a couple of years ago from texas tech where you had taken the red raiders to a final four he had recruited at a very high level texas as we record this is the number six team in the country though they did lose to k-state the other night pretty big and it looked like they they have the makings of a team that can make a run to the final four chris beard was arrested in december for third degree felony assault of a family member then you read the police affidavits and all that he 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 basically, according to that, choked his, is it his fiance? I believe it's his fiance. It's his fiance. Yeah, he chokes her. And then all this stuff that came afterwards, it, it's almost as if she and everybody else was trying to put this into a different light than how it sounded when it originally came out and quite honestly, how it reads from the police report.
1: Nah, bro, you read a police report, that's pretty much what happened at the moment. Uh, When everybody is still in the moment and they haven't had time to think and to figure out, oh, no, it it didn't mean it, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I read the police report and I was just like, he's done. There's nothing you can do with that. And part of the reason is, uh, and I've told this, you know, some guy was was trying to argue me down on Twitter. Wait till all the facts come out. I said, bro, what you don't understand is in, in a situation of leadership like this. What is Chris Beard going to always be telling his players to do? Mm. Stay calm under pressure. Don't fold under pressure. Don't make mistakes. Be a leader. All this stuff about leadership, man. Well, you didn't compose yourself at the moment where you most needed to. And so now you don't really have any credibility when it comes to that type of leadership because you couldn't control yourself and you ended up having this incident with your fiance. Uh, And so that's why he had to be fired because you just, I mean, you just can't be in a leadership position like that and do what he, what he did, because it's not even about whether you're innocent or guilty or we know how the law works, man. You can get things pleaded down and all of this, not even about that, man. It's about how you stand in front of a group of young men and how you lead those guys when you've just done this.
0: Yeah. and And you knew this was coming. It was only a matter of time. I think there's a lot of, lawyer back and forth type stuff trying to figure out what this is because they did fire him with cause with cause so based on the language of his contract i would imagine they don't owe him anything to walk away and of course they'll fight that and they'll battle that and that'll come back and we'll see what happens but now the longhorns will move forward and and that's one of those weird programs i mean you look at texas longhorns basketball as prominent as we feel like they can be and obviously they have that new massively multi million dollar facility at the moody center that they built they've only ever finished ranked in the top five once in their entire history and that was back in the 2003 year when they went to the final four outside of that that's it man and if you look at it i think shaka man it was either his his second to last or his last year where Shaka had him ranked in the top 20, and that was the first time they finished ranked since Rick Barnes back in 2010. Wow. So has well, been that long. Yeah, man. I mean, and that's – who can they now go out and get? You know, you wonder – because Texas has the money and the facilities to go after anybody, and they can money whip them if they want to. I think Nate Oates at Alabama is going to be a guy that gets targeted. He just re-upped, but he has taken Alabama within four years into a Final Four-type team – and is still young he is a hot commodity that's out there but he had an extension that he signed a couple of years ago that i want to say has four years left on it and includes a 10 million dollar buyout right you wonder about royal ivy who is a nets assistant who used to play at texas under rick barnes he's 40 years old and is a guy that's kind of developed as one of those like up-and-coming coaches but he's never been a head coach Um, Eric Musselman over there at Arkansas would be interesting. The Arizona coach, uh, Tommy Lloyd. I've seen some stuff with Jamie Dixon over at TCU, but um, it'll be interesting because that was a home run hire when they first got Chris Beard. And now Texas has to adjust and move forward and figure out where they want to go.
1: No, it's a, uh, you know, this is a weird time for college basketball. Uh, Just in terms of, you know, I, I don't really follow it as much as I do. I like the NBA game better. Uh, But Beard was a was a great hire and everything looked looked like it was headed the way Texas wanted it. And now you've got a disaster. And, uh, you know, we'll see, because when you had the program in the right spot, you know, you make the right hire, you can keep it going. You make the wrong hire, you you kind of fall back into the abyss.
0: The other little and this is just kind of like a random thing that I thought was really interesting, because we all know about TCU and that they've got Georgia coming up Monday night in the national championship game. Well, they've had three transfers in the last couple of weeks out of the transfer portal that are all from Alabama. They got three former Alabama players because they got Tommy Brockermeyer, who... See, and the interesting thing is, is two of these dudes are from Fort Worth, right? Like the Brockermeyers are from Fort Worth. I think it was a surprise originally when they were going to go because they were a legacy at Texas. A lot of people thought they'd go to Texas. They didn't. They went to Bama. Now transferring over to TCU. They got Jojo Earl. And I will say, as somebody who's out here in Bama world, that was a surprise that he transferred. And he's a really good slot receiver who originally is from Alito, And so he's going back home to TCU. And today they announced they got Trey Sanders, who's transferring from Bama. And Sanders was a guy who never really found his footing as a running back. He's a former five-star recruit at running back. And he had an accident in the offseason last year. And it took him a long time to kind of get back and and just some complications that came out of that. So who knows what he has left, but it's interesting. It's interesting, TCU, it just goes to show, man, if you can play for a national title, all of a sudden some kids are going to start looking at you like, hell, I'll go over there. I mean, TCU's a gorgeous place to go to school.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always about winning, man. And, uh, you know, the way Dykes has put it together, you know you're going to get opportunity. Obviously, he deals with a lot of transfers. That's why he was able to turn SMU. That's why he was able to uh, get TCU where they're going. And so it's a it's a good spot to be in. Sonny
0: Dykes is doing it. He is doing it. And then finally, the other thing I wanted to throw out here for you guys, the NFL has announced the 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame. And it does include DeMarcus Ware and Darren Woodson is a finalist this year as well. Now, of the 15 players, only five of the 15 Will be inducted this year, and then they've got I think it's three or four nominees from the senior committee, and then they have their Chuck, not their Chuck, their their coach nominee or whatever, and he will get in, and then it'll it'll be you know a seven eight member class whatever it is, but only five players can get inducted of the fifteen. You got to think, you got to think, Demarcus Ware gets in this year.
1: Yeah, I would think so, but you know, ultimately he'll get in. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. Ultimately, he'll get in. So if he has to wait a year or two or more, he'll ultimately get in championships in four years or help the offense win it. And he's just a phenomenal player. I don't think this his due. And so I'm hoping like hope that he can get in.
0: Yeah, I hope so. So only three first-time guys were made it to the finalists, I guess. Dwight Freeney, Joe Thomas, the the Cleveland tackle, and then Darrell Revis are the three first-year guys. I think those two get in for sure. And that'll be interesting to see who else is out there because just like when you look at when you look at Demarcus Ware, and you look at the guys that he would kind of be up against, like Jared Allen, the defensive end, Dwight Freeney, and Patrick Willis would be kind of that group of defenders. Man, Woodson to me is a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know that he. I don't know when he gets in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know. Like to me, I think this year. Revis probably gets in Yes If we're putting Joe Thomas in That's two Right They're going to go The wide receivers who are up this year Torrey Holt Reggie Wayne Devin Hester Andre Johnson So one of those guys is getting in Yeah one of those guys is getting in And then if If Ware gets in Then that leaves one other spot And they're not putting two Cowboys in No So if Ware gets in Then maybe it's It's I don't know Zach Thomas Patrick Willis Dwight Freeney Who knows It'll be interesting to see, but those will be announced on February 9th, which is a few days before Super Bowl, what is it, Super Bowl 52 this year, I believe, coming up in Glendale? Yeah. So, there you have that, but we'll be hoping maybe another Cowboy will get in. That'd be awesome to see DeMarcus get in. He deserves it. He should be in. Hell yeah. I thought he should have got in last year, but whatever. He'll get in this year maybe. All right, it's time. Let's check in with them. Longtime Cowboys beat writer for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Clarence Hill Jr. joining us here in Chill Cowboys have one game to go and, and we haven't talked to you since before Christmas. They they beat the Eagles. They then go on Thursday night, they take down the Titans and one game left in the regular season. What do you make of this version of the Dallas Cowboys? One win away from a thirteen and four record.
2: You know, I was you know, it's funny because I asked Jack Prescott this today and I said, Are you surprised that you're twelve and four, probably thirteen and four, and scrutinize like nobody's good? You know, you're no one trusts you. And I've never seen, and I've said this, I've told my colleagues, there's probably never been a team in history, a 12-win team, putting a 13-win team that is as scrutinizing question as this Cowboys team. You know, and that and talked about it and said, yeah, it's crazy, it's coming to the Cowboys. People always talk about it. But it's also realistic. It's also because we haven't won. We haven't won since 1995. You know, they got players who haven't won, who haven't done it. And so you know they have belief in their locker room, but they also understand why they're questioned and why people question them, why people don't trust them. And you know it's because you know look, you, you can say what you want about San Francisco hasn't won. No one's questioning them. Philadelphia, this version of the Eagles have not won with this coach and this quarterback. But you know all the scrutiny. You know whether you know they're the favorite or not a contender is not on this Cowboys team, not necessarily on those other teams, and. Again, they're one win away from trying the franchise record for winning in the season. You know, they've already achieved back-to-back playoff wins for the first time since 2006, 2007. The first time since the, under the same coach, you know, you know since, since the Barry 50 years. You know, and, and, and again, 12-win seasons, 13-win seasons for the first time since 1994, 95 Again, it's understandable because they haven't won, but there's a lot to feel good about this team going to the playoffs. Well,
1: I mean, I was gonna say, I mean, let's keep it real, man. San Francisco's not questioned because they were just in the Super Bowl four years ago. And before that, not they were in the Super Bowl. Ten mean uh, I mean stop it. You you know, stop the drama. You you're not acting like Clarence Hill.
2: We're talking about about why have they been
1: criticized. The reason why, or why people don't trust them, is those other teams at least have, San Francisco been to the Super Bowl twice in the last 10 years. Okay, they haven't won it, but they're like, okay, we almost won it twice in the last 10 years, so we've been there, so that's why we can trust them, or that's why they're not scrutinized. Philadelphia won the Super Bowl a few years ago, and that's why they get a pass from people. So, I mean, that's the only reason why they're being criticized, because fans don't trust them, because they got PTSD from the past. But, I said
2: uh, that. We thought we all said that. I, I said that Zach said that, yes, they haven't won. That's why they're not getting trusted. But by the same token, this team has a good chance of winning any other team. They just haven't done it. They got to prove it in the playoffs. But the, i said this before, the road is clear. There are no juggernauts out there. And, yes, San Francisco's done it. But they have holes. They have questions. The Eagles, yes, they did it on a different coach and with different quarterbacks and different teams. But, and, but they're winning now The best record now But they're going to play out with I, Right now With our names The quarterback coming up with, They have questions. The road is clear If not this year win this is, a, this is a great opportunity For the Cowboys To end
0: all those courses And that's my only point Alright i some of them in I mean it, it is interesting Because the Cowboys I, I mean they're a good team it, it, Where do you place them I mean how good is this Cowboys team in your mind, how good is anything? That's the problem. Is everybody got war? There's no
2: good enough. I mean, the Cowboys got issues, certainly, but they got lots of good things going for them. And people, they get overlooked, you know, by because we, 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 we. Focus on the negative, and, and I, I think that's is. I think that people focus more on the negative about the Cowboys than the other, the other teams other for whatever reason because we don't like Dak Prescott, or we're took that took, took Dak Prescott. guy. We're talking about that Dak guy because they haven't won, because of microcosm, because they don't start one. They have, yes, they got questions. You know, how good is this team? Are well, they good enough to go win thirteen uh, games in and have as many wins as, as any team in the league possibly, except one? and possibly as many as in, you know, if the Eagles. You know, so there, there's no team only one team in the league going to the season with more wins than the Cowboys most likely. And that's probably and so they're right there with all the other teams and and, and either we we, we we give Buffalo a pass and we give Kansas City a pass and certainly give Kansas see the because they won it before, but that team has flaws. Buffalo has flaws. Uh so it's time to play football. You know, let's too let's, 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 let's far to me. I mean, I again, I know that I'm beating Tom Brady, but this Tampa team is not scary. The only thing that's scary is the Cowboys history. It's not because of who they're facing. It's not because of, of Tampa and Tom Brady, not to me. It's because we don't trust the Cowboys of history. Not because Tampa, Tom Brady is going to catch lightning in the bottom and look like, you know, Tom Brady of, of 10 years ago. This Tampa team is not good. They haven't been good all season.
1: No, so how do you see it uh, How do you see it working out this weekend? They playing starters? They playing backups? What are they doing? No,
2: they're, playing to win. they're playing to win as they should because you want to give yourself an opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity. You know, you don't want to, you know, you're going to, you know, yes, the Eagles say they're going to play. Or we'll see what they're going to do with their quarterback. But this is their first game back. They're not the same team without Lane Johnson. The Giants say they're playing their starters. We'll see. You know, but let's see how the game goes. But you can't go into this game you know, especially where the Cowboys played last time, you know, saying, we're just going to lay it up because you, you you need to be feeling good about yourself and playing well. The only way you can do that is by playing the win this weekend. You know, so you're going to try to play the win. And, and, and again, let's just follow what it may. You know, you, you if, if somehow, you know, you almost got a blessing, couple of blessing blessings last week, because the Raiders, you know, almost upset the 49ers. You know, and if, if that would have happened, you know, the Cowboys would be playing, have an opportunity for home for the best the playoffs. Right now, you you want to give yourself a chance to win the NFC title and and uh, get that home game. And um, the Cowboys want the home game for the home field advantage. Jerry Jones wants the home game for that money at the box office. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, you, you want to give yourself a chance to to take advantage of any opportunity that falls your way. But certainly, you don't control your own so You can sit up here and kick yourself for losing that Jacksonville game or losing that. that that uh, Chicago game, I mean, not Chicago, that Green Bay game, that, that certainly would seem to be playing out differently this weekend. But you can't look back, you only look forward. They only focus on on what you can control. And what they can control right now is, is doing whatever they can to play well and give themselves the opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity.
0: Like you said, Chilla, they're going to wind up most likely with 13 wins. There's going to be maybe one or two teams in the entire NFL that are going to have more than that. But when you look at this Cowboys team, do you see a weakness? Do you see something that concerns you that can be exploited as they move into the playoffs?
2: I mean, definitely. You you concerned about the run defense. You're you concerned about the cornerback spot opposite uh, of Trayvon Diggs. You know, because uh, those have been sore spots, and they they've been sore spots all year. And the Cowboys certainly have not put a fire out on run defense. And I guess you're concerned a little bit about you know you're going. You know, you want to. You know, I I guess it's a double edged thing because the line and they got experience over the line all year, you know, and and the versatility to do that. But, you know, there's something to say about consistency and continuity up front. And and one of the dirty little secrets about Dak's interceptions is that the the pass blocking has been among the worst in the league. For offensive line for years, they was considered one of the best in the league. You know, if you look at the pass rush win rate against the Cowboys and the pass blocking is at the bottom of the league. And a lot of times he's having to dodge to do some other things, you know, which causes him to force some things. But, but so those are the things that they kind of concern you. But again, we can we can look at the Eagles and I can tell you what concerns you about them, and and and, and they got weaknesses. And certainly Brock Purdy has looked great in a couple of games for the for the Forty ers but he's a rookie, and we all know that that that. that the, the, the devil is going to get this dude. You just don't come out here and, and play like that, you know, it, You know, as Mr. Relevant and, and become a hero like that. So, you know, those are questions for everybody. So, uh, again, let's play ball. I mean, I, I mean, it, 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 you got to get you through this game, but let's get to the playoffs and, and, and let's just follow what it may say it's, it's exciting. You it should be exciting. The Cowboys fans should be. I know it's fun because people around here, instead of being excited about the playoffs, you know, they got PTSD. They're worried about yeah. the playoffs. They're worried about how they gonna finish. They should be excited about the opportunity that lies ahead for their team because it, 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 it's it's right there for the taking. This team is has the goodest shot is in it, and that's what you should be focusing on. Uh,
1: what are your thoughts on four as we enter the playoffs?
2: Again, you know, Ford right up there. I mean, I think that you know, I'm with Jerry Jones. Ford's one of the team's strengths. You know, you can you can talk about the turnovers, but the Cowboys, are where they are, they have a chance to be. Good chance to win the playoffs because they have four. You know, because they have four. And it's funny because, you know, we we talked earlier in the season that the reason they were going to be special and have a chance to win because the defense was special. Well, at the end of the season, the defense was not special. And we're back to if they're going to win, they're going to rely on four in that offense to be special. And and I think the interceptions have been a fluke. You know, he has not had a history of turning the ball over, you know, and, you know, just like. As they always say, they come in bunches. but just like they come in bunches, they stop in bunches. And I think he's going to go back to being four at some point. And, and, and a guy who will take care of the football, don't turn the ball over. But, but again, he's the reason you have a chance to win. He's the reason why you are in games. He's also mentally the reason why this team is resilient and, and hasn't given up. And, I mean, this is a Cowboys team. The last two years, they've not lost back-to-back games. I mean, you can say what you want. you lost back-to-back games. They're back-and-quarterbacks. They are back and back. they do not lose back-to-back games. You know, they – they somehow become resilient, and, and he talked about it today. We, we talked about four till four today about the difference between this team and past teams. Because well, that team was great offenses, offensively. and that that team, you know, who, who had great coaching staff. But this team compared the last year and years before, that you know they've been through the war together. It's something to be said about a team that went to the playoffs you knows the burning feeling about the disappointment of the playoffs and comes back with that fire to better get back to the playoffs again. In the past, when they failed in the playoffs, they didn't get back the next year. So they didn't, that, that team doesn't – it wasn't at the forefront of their mind when they got back to the playoffs what it was like to lose. And that feeling now, this is a team that knows the bitter taste of the season last year and has filled their fire. And not only have they come back and back the record of last year, they have a chance to better their record of last year, and also have a chance to do something about it in the playoffs.
1: What do you think about the defense and and how it can end, you know, play better than it has played recently?
2: Well, the good news is like that the, the bye week or the mini bye week, and Michael Parkman won't have the club on his hand anymore. You know, he, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like he won't tell us how he cut his hand. So you know it wasn't on the football field. You know it wasn't in the locker room. It was in Dan's Ryan jump, you know, who cut his hand Claimed He cut his hand making soup. It was funny cause it was funny because I was, I was thinking about this, you know, today. Uh, CD Lamb cut his foot in training camp. You know. And he and I walked on to after Friday and said, How you cut the foot? He said some clown shit. You know, and I tweeted that they got all mad but it, this has to be some clown shit with Mike Parker. I mean it was like because they won't talk about how he lacerated his hands, that wear gloves with 12 you know, taped all up on his hands. So but it was probably something silly off the field or whatever else at home or whatever else. But the good news is he got a chance to rest his body. Uh, you know, after, you know, with the many buyouts in that Thursday night game, and, and there's no tape on his hands, no wrapping on his hands. He be able to, to pass short with two good hands, tackle with two good hands. Exactly uh, and, and at some point, they will get uh, Layden Veneris back with the playoffs. They hope to get Johnson Hankins back with the playoffs. You uh, love the progress that Bland has made. Uh, you know, at, at, at the nickel cornerback spot, and you know, you just hope, hope against hope that that, that other cornerback spot, Nathan Wright, who's going play out there, is, is not going to get to be. But you know, he's been competitive. I mean, he gave up some plays. But, well, you know, unlike some other guys, you know, who don't make no plays, this, this guy shows the competitiveness. He tackles well, he makes plays, he got him in the session the other night. You know, you, you like that interview. I, you know, like I said, I like guys who, who who make take a lick, but they get their lick back. You yeah, know, that's what I talked about, you know. They get their lick back, you know. and he, You know, in the past, the Cowboys had people in the secondary who always gave up licks, got beat. They never beat back or got their lick back you got guys in the secondary that take the ball away if take back
0: as, as far as the injury front goes I know Pollard didn't play last game it looks like he's going to be good Layton was practicing limited day trying to get ready for the playoffs are there any injury concerns with the guys that we didn't see the last time out as they go into the season finale
2: no not really most of the with 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 Uh he had a true canal surgery yesterday but he was back today Ready to go, but you know, again, he's, 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 he's not the central defense right now. Uh, they look to be healthy and getting healthy as well. Again, the major concern was with Pollard, he's ready to go and in the yards. I talked about Michael Parsons, you know, being healthy and ready to go and feeling good about, you know, getting back to where he was. And you know, one thing I learned today that <laughs> so we talked to CD Lamb and, um, it's not getting away from kind from of breaking Michael Irvin's single-season record for Captain Defeat. You know, he's had a fantastic so, Huh? I know, I know that's how they do. you are just such an old-school hater, stop it. <laughs> it's, it's still a record, but they think that the record's a record. You know, one thing we talked about was the importance of T.Y. Hilton and, and what he's meant to him. As. T.Y. Hilton has taught him so much. He's like a sponge to T.Y. Hilton. You like, well he had Amari Cooper. He learned a lot under mari Cooper. Mark Cooper taught him footwork. And and you know, a route runner and there's nobody runs route better than Mari Cooper. But T.Y. Yan is has teaching him the mental part of the game. And you go back to that Philadelphia game, that go back to that Philadelphia game and, and the way he caught that pass, uh, that that post route and spin the way for the touchdown. He made the same catch in practice, uh, but he 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 had his hands upward, okay? And and and, and he cut his route off. And TY told him in practice, do it this way. Okay. And you're going to have a better result. And, and, and he did it. And he, that's why he was able to make that move and cut back to the middle for the touchdown. He, and they just talked about, he did some fun. T Y is sitting there and he talks all day and talks about the mental part of the game, but not just about route running, but, but by defense and different things like that helps him with his route. Uh, and I'm saying somebody who's been there for three weeks, you know, T.Y. Hilton, and you go back to Jason Peters. Those guys, those veterans they've added have, have meant so much. And Jason Peters has meant so much to Tyler Smith just from a mental part of the game. We love Tyron Smith, but Tyron Smith is not a talker. Jason Peters is a talker. And he's been in Tyler Smith all year. One reason why Tyler Smith, as a rookie, has been able to play left tackle. then play guard. he go back to left tackle and play guard. You know, that's not a hurtful. Uh, that's a of bit football. We know when people talk about it. you want to leave him in one position. You don't want to overwhelm him and do all this stuff. But Jason but has been such an important position, uh, addition, you know, as a teacher, as a veteran teacher. And the same thing with Boy Hilton. In such a short time. He's just talking and teaching. He said he learned under Reggie Wayne, and, and they taught him, and now he's bringing that knowledge to the Cowboys receiving corps. You, you talk about luck. You talk about, you know, the, the mistakes that I, I wrote a comment about, the mistakes the Cowboys made all season at receiver. And the, and Cooper, and obviously, we know James Washington was a failed experiment that they, they got rid of. And, and Jalen Tobin, the third round pick, was a disappointment. And they went out to Odell Beckham, and they didn't get him. And they kind of fell in the TY. And what, like God said, what a blessing they fell into with T.Y. Because he's ready to play. He's already made impact plays. I mean, four of his five catches have been on, been, you know, for first down. Three of them been on third down. He's going back to that third and 30 uh, against the Eagles. And I think that was the difference in the season. That's certainly part, that certainly sparked that victory. They don't beat the Eagles got uh, that third and 30 that T.Y. call. You know, the guy 33 years old, he can still run, but ways way he's, he's – teaching these guys is definitely important. So uh he's gonna have a bigger and bigger role as they head into the playoffs. So get a front office credit for rebounding for some of the mistakes they've made with receiving positions and also like getting why in here and, and him helping the team
1: No, that's um no, I thought it was you know, it's uh moves like that are great when they when they work out, especially when you see the impact right away. And so uh no, I, I thought it was a great move and I love the way they've implemented him early. Um, what do you think about the job Kellen Moore's done?
2: You know, it, it, it's funny that, again, as we talk about this team and how heavily scrutinized they are, the Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott has been, first of all, the way he adjusted the offense when Dak Prescott was out. It, 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 it managed the team and managed the game uh, with Cooper Ruggs and now that Dak Prescott has been back and they're the Number one offense in terms of points, the number one offense in terms of yards, the number one offense in terms of third down. But yet, all we hear about is Super Rusher play caller. All we hear about is you know the, the mistakes he's made as a play caller. And but but the production tells another story. And, and so again, not to work, but. Well, Kellen Moore. But but the production just tells another story about this offense and and, and the job that, that Kellen Moore has done in Madison's offense because, you know, they it's not like they they try not to run the ball but they haven't been to run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball the last three weeks. They have not. Teams we've let them run the ball and they've had the justice on the ball. And and, and, and they're making plays and still being productive. And, and and you know, now that, you know, hopefully, you know, with 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 Pollard being healthy again and they could and, and this line, maybe this veteran line with with Peter that left tackle and, and uh and and Tyler uh Tyler Smith at left guard and now you got McGovern at center who may be a better center, better blocker center than than, than Beattie's. And, and certainly uh Tyron Smith and Rox there on that right side. So they may be better in the playoffs on the the line and get still and get their run back game going back going again. But 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 give Kelly more credit for managing uh, some impossible situations, losing your quarterback, not having receivers you can trust. We talked about. I, I was the first one to talk about CD in the Maybes. You know, going back to training, going first week of season, and, and it was the Maybes all season. And, and then you got Doctor Schultz was hurt. The guy that you thought was going to be his lineup of his blanket, and he missed some games. was hurt, not been productive. And then this this, this offensive line, and you're him you know, your left tackle, and you know, in the quarter season. How they managed that you got to give them credit.
0: All right, Chill, but before we let you go, what do you think about the Longhorns, Chris Beard? They fired him today and where do you think they go moving forward trying to find somebody to come in and, and, and at least build what Chris Beard was trying to build?
2: Yeah. You know, this was inevitable. They they, they really had no choice. I think they had to get the lawyers involved and turn really of ground the ground ball on on, on, on the on the on the investigation and see what was really there with Chris Beard. But, you know, they, they had no choice. After what they come out and what had happened, they had no choice but to move on. And, you know, Rodney Terry has, has done a good job. I think he has to take them deep into the postseason to keep the job. And, and if he doesn't, then, then, then it's going to be one of the most attractive jobs in the country. in terms When you look at the, the recruit, uh, the players on the roster, the uh what they have with the the new Moody, uh, Coliseum Moody Arena they have, with the that they have, it's going to be the one of the most attractive jobs in the country. I just don't know who you go after at this point. I mean, I, you know, know, forgive me for not knowing the next up-and-coming coach or or the coach that we're going to steal from some other program to come to Texas, and and we'll see, you know. but, you know, uh, I'm rooting for Roddy Terry. I hope, I hope he can, you know, write the ship and get you guys
0: going in the right direction. All righty. Appreciate it, Chill. Thanks a lot. No problem, guys. Appreciate you. All right. There he is, Clarence Hill Jr. Right there, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the Chris Beard thing. We'll see how it works out. But uh, enjoy it. It's the final weekend of the regular season. Cowboys' final game of the regular season. And then next weekend, well, we don't know this for sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that next weekend we'll be talking about getting ready for a wild card playoff game. Yeah, baby. Whether they will be hosting that or whether they will indeed be the five seed and going on the road to Tampa Bay is yet to be determined. That's why we'll watch and we'll be hoping the Niners and the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win and maybe a a rabbit gets pulled out of a hat. We'll find out but we'll be back after the game on Sunday and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.